well, mm-hmm. Lachlan, without much further ado, you go. You, uh, I don't know why you kept on si- insisting on doing this. It, it is radio, but you said you were going to do a backflip. All right, here we go. <laughs> I did. I said all all week. I mean, being <laughs> Harry Harry Raval, I, you're going to see me do a backflip. I said, Lachlan, you're not quite understanding the concept of radio. But here all, we're right. Gonna, all right, here all right, all right, you can do I it, am. man. Here I am. I'm going to do the backflip. Oh! Oh! Oh my! Oh! Oh my god! Oh my god! My ACL! You done your ACL? I've done my ACL! It's the Australian Consumer Law. Oh no! Oh, the government's after my ACL. I actually missed it as well. I'm so sorry. Anyway, I just want to let you know, Lachlan, we do have a new feature here. Okay. It's called the sexist button. Sexist. Oh yeah. Basically. We'll get that, uh, sexist again yeah. for the, the people at home if you do say something that is a little bit sexist tonight yeah. we're going to play the sexist button okay. just to make sure you're pulled up on that and so if you do have anything sexist to say okay. just do what most of my guests do and save that for you know the commercial breaks alright um, and we can just step outside and and, ha- and have a good old you know really sexist conversation yeah thanks for that we've been having a lot of sexist conversations before while we're off air just going wild Sexist. Enjoying your meal. I must say the the wings are cooked perfectly. I found the pear a bit crunchy. I was just wondering where the bathroom was. Ooh, toilet. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, ooh, toilet. I, I really must go. Ooh, toilet is down the hall, left at the screaming child. When you reach the Archibald Prize winning portrait of Guy Fieri, take a right, and then it should be there right after the show. You can't miss it. Uh, after the show? Yes, you can't miss it. After what show? I, I really must go. Why? It's after... On the counter of Bugger me backwards and call me Brian. What an evening we're in for tonight. It's been a beautiful, beautiful evening. The stars are out. Or are those just skyscrapers with accountants, lawyers and engineers working overtime? We don't know. Who knows? Um, They might be ringing in, so do not offend them. Yes. You are representing, you are the agent, you (laughs) are the solicitor on record for um, the Law Review. The UQ Law Review. In, uh, I was going to say cinemas? No. In the Chanel Theatre at UQ from August 21st to August 24th. It's a fun musical sketch comedy show. We, you know... We have a lot of songs, dances, videos, and sketches. It's all put on by a bunch of law students, but it's actually nothing to do with law. This year is called Planet Earth Endgame. A bit of a parody of Avengers. Ooh, I like the background. Planet Earth Endgame. It's a parody of uh, David Attenborough's Planet Earth, and also because we're hurtling towards extinction. Endgame with a bit of Avengers vibes grown in. Um, you've heard it here first. If you sign up, you ring up, and you buy a couple of tickets to the UQ Law Review you at Chanel Theatre um, uh, uh, tonight, then you will win tickets for you and your friend to one free morning session at Ashgrove Catholic Church. Feel the Holy Spirit. You'll love it. You think Planet Earth Endgame? You know what we need after that. Ashgrove Community Church. Mate, when you when you read the, the climate forecast, there's only one thing left to do, mate, and that is pray. Absolutely. With the aging inner western suburban community of Ashgrove. Well, you said you got pink eye last time you came in. I literally, I was here last week. We had a great chat. We'd come off the UK review, uh, season launch. Yeah. So I was coming in a little bit... Having imbibed a little bit of the alcohol, not too yeah. much. You were quite imbibed. I was quite imbibed. We, were, we, we had a look at you at, at the door and we said, how many have you had? And there was a bit of uh, toing and froing and a, and, a, and a bit of, I come here all the time. Yeah, a I little- was surprised you had a security <laughs> guard at the front of you. But it makes sense. There's a lot of people trying to get in, yeah. you know, trying to jump the back fence to get the uh, the great deals that you have on alcohol here. Yeah, obviously. $2 and, and, basics and, on and a Thursday not, night. not just alcohol. Also, uh, vit- venereal um, diseases <laughs> of the eye. <laughs> yes. um, so, you, how, how are you cured? Your eyes I'm look cured. Well, s- I d- splendid I today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, <laughs> I didn't have a day today. <laughs> <laughs> um, just playing compliments tennis over here. Oh, Come on, return serve. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> I'm done. Well, you don't know what you want. Until you got it, you know what I mean? So true, so there, true. There was a science experiment. I, I, have, I have a friend who always says things like, scientists say, 
you know, yeah. they say, and and he doesn't know where he read it from. Probably <laughs> the back pages of the Courier Mail. But they say, scientists say, that um, there was this study where studies show. Mm-hmm. Oh that, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> studies show that so people were like, "What coffee do you like?" Oh, and they would say, "I like uh, you know skinny flat white." And then so they gave put blindfolds on them. They gave them a series of coffees, and mm-hmm. they said, "Name which one." you liked the most. This is put on by Merlot to find out the favourite coffee. It was a little like the the, the, the the Coke and Pepsi test. Oh, e- yes. Except yeah. seven of the cups were stormwater and one of them was a Merlot coffee. Yeah. And it's like, I like this one. Ah, so you do like Merlot coffee Ooh. the best. <laughs> yeah, no. So they, they, they and then they say something, what's your favourite coffee? They yeah. say, skinny, flat, white, orange, like a frappuccino. Yeah. And they, they'd line them up blindfold, give you a, a series of different coffees. Ooh. Now, they would say, which one's your favourite? And more often than not, Lachlan, and I I swear to God, studies show yep. they say scientists apparently have concluded yep. that people um, name a different coffee as the one which they named previously as their favourite coffee. Wow. Yes. That makes sense because from experience, I'm a, I'm a solid flat white man. I wouldn't I wouldn't dare, I wouldn't dare go to any other coffee than a flat white. So I don't know. I, cu- I couldn't see myself changing spontaneously to like a latte or something like Aha. that. Ooh. Because you don't know what you want until you have it. So maybe you came here to the valley looking for girls, looking Mm. for drinks. You got pink eye. (laughs) It was good enough. Maybe that's what you wanted. (laughs) Uh, The the human mind also has the magnificent ability to um, adapt itself to any given situation. Mm -hmm. People say if you go to jail... You'll be sad for like the first two weeks and then progressively less sad the longer oh, you nice. stay there. Um, as you know, you used to have 12 hours of sunlight, then you only have two hours of sunlight, but that two hours begins to feel like 12 hours. You can slow time and speed up time with your mind. Mm. Um, uh, what I'm trying to say is yeah, you didn't know that? you wanted pink eye, yeah. so now on, you have to critique, you know, only afterwards. You can say the pros and cons. Looking back, what were they? Looking back, um, pros, pros, pros. Um, I think uh, a slightly interesting colour to my eye would yes, be something fun. different. Something different. Mixing Spice of up. life. Uh, probably something something interesting to talk about. Something something to very good naturedly threaten people with. Be like, oh, watch out! I'll give you my mm, pink eye. Yep, icebreakers on ice Bumble and Tinder. The pink icebreakers. <laughs> um, and aside from that, I'm trying to think of other positive things. Attention. Attention. Because it means people go, ah, oh, hey, what's up with your eye, dude? And it's like, well, people used to just walk past me, not talk to me. Now they're wondering what the f is that? My, yeah, yeah, yeah. A you bit know, of like, extra, extra looks here and there. Yeah. But, I remember yeah. in high school, I was stabbed. You were stabbed. And, and people say, oh, Harry, that must be awful. You, you're being wounded, uh, gravely wounded with a broken coffee mug in the playground at school. Oh, that must have been traumatic. And I've got to tell you, I'm not traumatized at all. <laughs> I just start yelling when I talk about it because of. Harry, stop crying. Stop <laughs> crying. I'm really traumatized. Right. No, what I'm trying to say is, yeah. uh, for a while there, I actually perceived it as a good thing. Yeah. Because people were kind of going, you got stabbed. And I was like, yeah, I did. I'll tell you all about it. Oh, I mate. liked the attention. Getting an injury at high school especially, you've got you've got weeks of content out of it. I, I know a few people who still have the college name yeah. sitting in their little nickname. It's a, it's it's kind of a, ba- it's a shrine to your ex-girlfriend in the corner of your right. bedroom. Like, you know, with like her hair and like, you know, mm. the pillowcase you haven't washed since you left you. And you sort of every morning um, speak to it about your problems and, yeah. and how everything's going at work. It's a l- yeah, it's every- a little bit like that. You need to kind of move on. Yeah, um, yeah. And so... Hey, but, um, excuse me for a I'm just going to sneeze. So do it on the microphone. Okay, I turn hey, around. Um, It'd be funny if I did it on the... Do it on the mic. Okay. Do it on the mic. No, no, no. Actually, oh, it's gone. It's it. gone. You know when you, when you talk about the sneeze too much, it goes? Oh, you know, like yeah. fizzles out in your nose. And yeah, like, you, like, you feel it. Rise. It's a little bit like when you're 40 years old and you're slowly feeling your partner drift away from you. <laughs> and it's like, hey, should we do date night tonight? And they go... What a stupid idea! What yeah. we haven't done that in ages. No, I'm you know I'm gonna read this. I, you know I have to read this. Mm. And you go, oh no, sorry, it was just, it was a stupid it idea. This is that. This it That's what that sneeze feels like when you talk about it too much. You feel it <laughs> slipping away. One of the big sayings my dad always says is, um, whatever it is going out of you, it feels better. You know, if it's if it's a sneeze, if you're vomiting, if you're crying, everything feels better coming out of you except blood. <laughs> <laughs> What are we talking about? We're talking about being on Tinder and Bumble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I was just wondering if, if you did something. What, what I like to do is when I say, and I do say no to a lot of people. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I'm sure you're very picky. No, I, I t- actually no. Seriously, I take the, I take the female approach, which is where like if I'm like a lot of people just they go boom, boom, boom. But mm. if, if you if you look at that person, you're like, there's no way I'd ever ask this person on a date. Mm. Just don't bother with it, mate. Yeah. Uh, we're we're all very busy. I don't mm. have time to talk to people. That's who, the, I don't want it to go anywhere. You, you know? realize it's such just like it's it's such a 
time sink. If you're there, uh, and the amount of people, like, unless you're like absolutely an absolute pro, and you know, you know, you know the way. And to there are pros, and yeah. they copy paste messages. I've got a really, really handsome friend, mm-hmm. and I will name him. His name is Drew. It's I Drew. call him Droodles. I call him <laughs> Drew Poo. And um, and 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 I was, and he was like, oh, it's you know Tinder and Bumble, they're pretty easy. You know, all you have to do is copy paste this message in, and it works every time. And I you said, know, what's the um, message? Yeah. Uh, you want to know the message? Yeah. The message that works every time, according to him. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I think that we'd have really good-looking babies. Oh, it's and, a classic. It's uh-huh. a classic. No, but you think this is a bad look for Drew. I'm here to tell you that's a bad look for every woman who that has worked on. Okay. Sexist. Anyway, yeah, that works for Droodles. That works um, for Droodle, not I, for the rest of us. I, I have a little segment that I like to call... Um, uh, Underrated uh, Tinder and Bumble messages. The, um, I can do a little like under- underrated Tinder messages. Message number one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this this one comes from me to her name was Brittany. So to show the world how exotic she was, without mm-hmm. you know, obviously you can't speak with an accent over yeah. an, uh, an electronic app. I she, guess you can her, write with an accent. Her bio simply said from Southampton. Ooh, oh, very exotic. Southampton. So basically. I approached Brittany in, 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 in an electronic format. I noticed her from across the app. Um, and, uh, and so this was on, according to here, 30th of May, 2019. Wow, you've, you've kept this one sitting in the bank. Well, there aren't many. There. As I said, I'm very, very fuzzy. Very fuzzy. Um, you do not uh, And I think the girls are too. Yeah. So Brittany was a girl with a dream. Working at the local Tesco's, she saved all her pennies to pay a people smuggler to sail her from Southampton all the way to Brisbane. The boat was leaky and some of the heavy people, and by heavy I of course mean fat, had to be thrown overboard. No matter what, she would be a star on long-running Australian TV drama series Neighbours, which she of course knew was a massive hit in Australia. (laughs) Unfortunately, the cast of Neighbours hasn't changed in 10 years and Toadie refused to reply to her emails. So, now she is on Tinder, looking for another people smuggler to sail her back to Southampton. And Brittany, I'm here to tell you that I can be that people smuggler. Oh my God, I think this message just gave me another pinker. <laughs> <laughs> and Wait, she didn't that, even reply. Oh, come on. At least you could get like a ha-ha from that. You, the amount of time and effort you've just put into that story, <laughs> that novella. These, these things happen and so that's very yeah. important so, so when you're swiping no yeah. to, to girls on Tinder or mm. men as the case may be um, it's very important to act like they've been following you for a long time after a very distressing breakup yeah. so when they pop up if you're going to say no you're going to swipe left mm. you go for Christ's sake leave me alone and stop calling <laughs> me at work and then you swipe left and it just makes it feel good yeah you're like you're getting more more attention than more attention than you need. Yeah. <laughs> and fine. Hey, do you want to listen to some more music? Um, sure, why not? No, we've run out. All we got is that chat song. Let's play that. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean you've run out of music? We've run out. We've got no more music left. People think that new songs get made all the time. That is wild. <laughs> no. Whip me in leather and call me your quiet colleague, Larry. Welcome to a decanter of banter. Southeast Queensland's most controversial 11pm till midnight radio show. I might be alone in thinking that All For You by Janet Jackson is the world's most perfect pop song ever recorded. But I'm not alone in the studio tonight. We have two very special guests. Lachlan Glaves, how are you? Fantastic. Thank you for having me on, Harry. And Charlie, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Harry. It's delightful to be here. Thank you. Thank you for going on script there. <laughs> and no not worries. sharing your real thoughts. <laughs> Another no. canter of banter. What have you been up to? You, you, you've been out in the valley on a Thursday night. You Absolutely. must be at uni. Yep, I am, I am. We're actually both law students, as as our uh, wonderful host also was in his time. In my time, before the scandal. Before the, the scandal. We can't talk about that on air. I was underpaying the Chinese students who did my assignments for me. Very sad, very sad. <laughs> but it's okay because they were underpaying the people that they were paying to do their assignments. So it was, yes. a, it was, a, it was a really much a pyramid scheme. And right at the very top was Mr. George Columbaris. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm um, impartial to the odd improv, but no, we, we we do put in a lot of effort. It's like two months at least, and it uh-huh. gets written over the course of the year. So we work hard, and we also 
We play hard. We play a little bit harder. We work harder than we play. Yeah, that, that's that's good. I feel like <laughs> the people who enjoyed schoolies the most were the ones who studied the hardest for their HSC. Actually, you know, the ones who studied somewhere in the upper median range of, of <clears throat> people who studied too much didn't go to schoolies. They weren't invited. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Did you go to schoolies, Charlie? I went to schoolies for one day, um, but I had to leave schoolies to go sing in the chapel choir. She definitely seems like the very the very top of the bell curve yeah. on the flat bit. <laughs> and that's why I got into UQ Law. <laughs> yeah. Actually, speaking of UQ Law, I was talking to, someone, talking to someone the other day and we're talking about if you went to a GPS school, but then in year 12, your parents lost their money and you had to get pulled out of the school. Could you still say that, oh, yeah, I went... I went to a GPS school if you missed out on finishing grade 12 there? Oh, that's such a good question. Mm. I think pretty much you've got you've got two parts. You've got everything before grade 12 and you've got grade 12, which is like, you could be like, I spent half my schooling at a GPS school and it better be count up to grade 11. But grade 12 is a clincher, isn't it? Yeah. So you'd rather you'd rather your parents like come into some money, like be poor, and yeah. then your parents come into some money when you're in grade twelve, and then get sent to the GPS school, and then row and play rugby, and most importantly, wear your blazer oh. and boater hat even on the weekends when you don't need to. You know the the law review. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. What exactly is the law review? Is a musical comedy sketch show. Uh, we incorporate a lot of different elements. Sketches about. Political humour, satire, just silly things, some funny musical numbers and some hmm. very high production quality videos. Yeah, we, we write it and direct it and put it on ourselves. So it's a pretty awesome, you know, there's like 70 or so people coming together to create a pretty awesome show. Um, yeah, we, we really range from incisive political satire in our sketches to just blatant silliness. And it's not all about law. We uh, all hate our degrees. Yeah. Why would we make a show about our degrees? You should almost host the med review and the, <laughs> med, the med people should put on the law review. Is Do they actually put it on in the end or do they just promote it? Yeah, I've been to med review. Okay, it's so definitely a show I know because it lasts five hours. Full credit to the med review. They're a different kind of it's thing. It's heartwarming. It's heartwarming. It's about getting everyone involved. And by virtue of having 400 people on stage, you're going to have 400 mums and dads coming along. So they fill out the theatre and it's a good time. That sounds a little bit like community radio. So <laughs> I'm, I'm actually a little bit attracted to the idea. Law reviews, mm-hmm. it's a, it certainly is a marathon. Uh, Not that marathons aren't enjoyable. Oh. Some people love marathons. They're cathartic. Yeah, I ran a marathon a couple of years ago, actually. Yeah. Right, why not this year? Mm. <laughs> um, I'm too busy doing the law review would actually be the answer. Thank you. I'm wearing a women's, uh, what's it called, turtleneck, turtleneck at the moment. yes. It's and very sexy. Well, anyone can look muscular wearing pecs, an extra small yeah. women's shirt. You know? He's got the pecs for it. It's he, fantastic. He certainly does. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you, guys. <laughs> oh, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it just got distracted. How do we make... How do we make climate change funny? How do we... Because if, yeah. if we can't laugh at it, we can't recognise it, we can't yeah. do something about it. Ah, no, I tend to agree. Look, if you, if you can't do much about something, you might as well laugh at it. That's exactly. Right. Every time I get in the shower, I look down at that rash and I go... <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness um, gracious. Anyway. Um, look, so you guys are going to do the law review for us tonight. Yeah, we brought in we brought yes. in a sketch that um, unfortunately didn't make the cut this year. Oh, you've been left on the cutting room floor. Yeah, yep. it was literally it was the one that just didn't make it because I think it has the potential to be a little bit offensive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, how about we we'll dim the lights and we'll we'll do it. All right, awesome. We'll do it by, by the royal way, I'm going to sit here. Yep. I'm going to go to the bathroom for a little while. Can you guys just do the, the, the thing? Okay, awesome. Okay. Uh, do we have a time Great. limit? Do we have to go to a song or anything like Absolutely that? Absolutely not. You oh, guys fantastic. can you do the review. Okay. okay. Awesome. All right, three, two. A young woman is talking to her mother about their upcoming nuptials. Her mother is an independent hotelier in the Whitsunday Islands. Well, Deshaun and Oscar, here we are in the Whitsunday Islands, a few sleeps away from my wedding day. I've decided to host the wedding at my mum's motel here on Clayfield Island, just south of the Santorini but north of Noosa. 
It's perfect, Akasuki. Thank you for your compliment, Deshaun, but you haven't even heard the best part. Oh, what's that? I've invited my dad. Oh, but hang on a minute. I'm playing a multiple characters, so this is one character. Uh, but hang on a minute, mate. I thought you don't know your father. I thought your mom had a secret affair in the 80s, became pregnant with you, raised you, then purchased a motel on an island in the hope of renovating it and hosting guests to be the tune of some other songs. I take your point. However, I recently mem- read Mum's diary while I was looking for photos to send with the invitation, and it turns out that I actually have a few potential fathers. What? This sounds exactly like the 2008 romance jukebox musical Mamma Mia. Okay, Deshaun, you South Pacific Islander and professional carpet layer, I bet the profession is really good for your joints long term. Anyway, I found Mum's old diary from the year I was conceived. How exciting. I know. Anyway, it turns out my mum was with a few men around the time I was conceived. What do you mean? Like she finished her law degree mid-year and got knobbed by a few guys while travelling around Europe in the six months hiatus hiatus before (laughs) starting a grad job? Well, I'm not actually sure what happened, to be honest. All mum's diary says is that there were two guys around the exact same time. Anyway, the bottom line is that I've invited my two potential fathers to my wedding. How exciting! Okay, whatever. Akazuki's mom, Meryl, enters. Hey, boys, I hope you're enjoying your time here. I can't wait for the big day. Uh, we'll let you two talk. So, mom, I've been reading your diary, and I know that you're not going to like this, but I've invited my two potential fathers. Oh, no, I've dreaded this day. So you'd know there are two guys around the exact same time? Yes, your diary just said that there were two guys around the exact same time. Well... It all started at Schoolies Week, 1989. You see, Akazuki, I was double penetrated. I was, <laughs> I was penetrated by two men at the exact same time, and now I don't know which one of your, which one of them is your true father. Did the two guys happen to look anything like Colin Firth and Pierce Brosnan? Yes, they did. There was actually a third person there too. That weird German bloke from Chernobyl. <laughs> What happened to him? He couldn't bear an erection, so he just had to Uncle Doug in the corner. Enter Pierce Brosnan, Colin Firth, and the Chernobyl bloke. This is really testing the length of my uh, acting ability. All right, this is Pierce Brosnan. Uh, Hello, Meryl. You haven't aged one day in 20 years. Hello, Pierce, Colin, and that weird bloke from Chernobyl. This is Colin. He's slightly different from Pierce Brosnan. Uh, Uh, hello, my sweet. I haven't seen you since we DP'd in the disabled toilets of the Chugan RSL in 89. But, hang on a minute. Guys, you're white. You're white. And you're white. Yes, dear? But I'm very clearly half African-American. Well, our 21st show, to 24th of August, uh, UQ Law Review, Planet Earth Endgame. Just Five search nights. on Facebook. You can find it at UQLS uh, Law Review. Just don't get lost on the internet. It's a very dangerous place. You don't want to wind up watching you know, Russian gangbangs. Just please <laughs> stick to the UQ Law Review stuff. Mm. <laughs> it's Five Nights. You know, it's a five-night run. It's pretty four, good. Four-night four, 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 four. run. No, no, I can't five. Okay, there's okay. an extra night run where I just rap and that's all. <laughs> the biggest encore ever. You're gonna come back. Imagine, yeah, because people always like demand more. I saw Robert, mm. Robert Forster at the old music. Actually, I've got a story for you guys. Oh yeah. So I had a birthday Fantastic. and I also had a party. Except I didn't realize I'd organized this actually on the same night because it wasn't on my actual birthday night. Mm-hmm. I'd bought a ticket to see one of my favorite musical icons ever, Robert Forster, one half of the songwriting duo from the Go Betweens. Right. Doing. Oh. Are you familiar with the, the 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 walk of fame in Brunswick Mall? What? I didn't realise there was a walk of fame in Brunswick Mall. You've been spilling hot shame. chips over this stuff for so long. <laughs> look down next time you're in Brunswick Mall. He'll be going back to Rick's after the show. Yeah. I urge you to look down. There are commemorative plaques for famous Brisbane musical artists. Oh, wow. I'm talking uh, go-betweens, Powderfinger, Savage mm-hmm. Garden, oh. uh, the Bee Gees. Oh. Except in recent... The Bee Gees from Brisbane? The Bee Gees. Uh, Technically Redcliffe, but it's a little <laughs> bit like it's a little bit like when you would go, oh Neil Finn and Crowded House Australian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know the BG, the BG yeah. short for short for uh, Brisbane Brisbane Jammers. Yeah, I think they were conceived. Yeah, in, okay. they were conceived in Redcliffe. Yeah. Uh, so look down and you'll actually see the mm-hmm. plaques. But in recent years, they've got very overzealous with the plaques. There's obviously like a quota they need to fill per year. But like we need to 
<laughs> we need to fill up these more. holes and we gotta put some stars on <laughs> people are tripping over these holes we need to put plaques in them um, and so recently people who like you know Amy Shark yeah. hadn't even put out an album yet she was already on. Really? Yeah, no. but she, she has one it's like from like 2010 and it's like in there. And Clear got put in the other day. Look, I like Clear. Do you mm. like Clear? We, we quite clearly all love Clear. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Agreed. 100%. But is she is she at Hall of Fame level? Yeah. Uh, one yeah, eight track EP is. album. But yeah, yeah, well okay, well you really love Clear. I love Clear. <laughs> I love Clear. <laughs> I'm just saying perhaps we need to just tone it back. Mate, mm. I, I live in Spring Hill and that, that, that Hall of Fame is going to be out the front of my house soon <laughs> if they keep this this up, all right? You you keep you keep making beats and rapping like you were doing before. Mate, you'll have a plaque. Oh, I can't Holy wait. Mom. And you get a plaque. I want a plaque. <laughs> Yay! All right, yeah. you get two plaques. Oh, where do I put the other one? Uh, we'll just lift up the Savage Garden one. Put that one in. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, you have to go. Four nights. Absolutely. With four the potential for a massive... Encore. Yep. They're going to do the whole show again on the last night. You're going to be there till three in the morning. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and it'll be fun in a good way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as I was saying, Robert Forster was at the old oh, yes. one night, one night only in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. One half of the songwriting duo of the go betweens. Do you realize the significance of this? Very much. If you love Clear as much as I think you do, oh, then yeah. you will love the Go Betweens, and God, I can I confirm. I love the Go Betweens. You, lo- I can sense oh. that you actually like them too much. So we're gonna have to tone yes. that back. I would okay. pay, pay two dollars sixty every time to see the Go Betweens. Yeah, or whatever the toll is. Good joke. Is it four sixty? What's the toll? What's the- do you ever cross the Go Between? I actually do because no, I, do I have this car that I share with my sister that we're quite sure the tag is from our parents' car. So <laughs> yes. before they cotton on to it, I am riding that go-between. I ain't got no business on that side of the river. I just like the bridge. Oh, um, so good. Um, mm. uh, yeah, but apparently it's the most expensive per metre of any bridge in the world. Wow. Yeah. Huge. So Robert Force was at the... I, I, actually, I can confirm there is also a go-between's commemorative plaque on the go-between bridge on the, on the, uh, on the south Brisbane side of it. Right. On the pedestrian side. You know there's the cyclists on one side, the pedestrians on the other? Yeah. If you walk on that cycle side, oh, by nice. God, you will find out pretty... You, you, Your foot will, will be casting a shadow on the pavement, not even landed yet, and you'll have someone ringing their bell oh. with, with a nice clear outline of their meat and two veg and this <laughs> tight lycra, and they will let you know exactly what you're about to do and just how wrong. And technically, they'll say illegal... Misdemeanor. Uh, uh, it's more of like something that's just frowned upon. A bit like, <laughs> yeah. a bit like stabbing someone in a supermarket. Yeah, it's, it's frowned upon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, mate. But love cycling though. When I am a cyclist going down, always fun to go on the side that's on the Coro Coro Drive side, Coronation Drive. Yes. Heading down, hit that corner nice and tight, oh. tuck in. I'm not sure if you guys are cyclists, but always good fun. And then you just really, you just fang it down and then desperately hope that no one's walking along on that little path because there's no way of stopping. Yeah, I'm a little bit of a fatalist. I just sort of say, look, when I'm riding really fast on my bike and someone gets in the way, then it's just their time. Yeah, Mm. exactly. Their time's up. So I'm a bit of a fatalist like that. Love Um, that. Yeah. So (laughs) I get what you mean. That is some band. You're just like, ba-bam. Yes. You're up on there, you're frothing it, wham, and then you just get... <laughs> yeah, they're going back to Robert Forster at the old museum. Okay, okay, we got, okay. we got to talk about this. And so I realised that I'd paid 51 Australian big ones to see this this guy, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I was going with my mate, and I told him, look, you know, as a consolation, I, I invited him to the party, but I said, look, I'm not sure I can go. He said, look, I'm still going. Mm-hmm. And so I said, all right, I'm going to hang on to this ticket. I'm going to see if I can do something probably unprecedented and that is ghost my own party for an hour and a half to see Robert Forster at the old museum <gasps> what? oh my Huge. goodness the, it was it was massive and <gasps> how did it go I got it I got it well I said if people show up then and there's a nice healthy crowd at my house in Spring Hill I can make a quick quick and clean getaway was it is it just your house or is it with housemates could the housemates entertain there were housemates oh, okay, entertaining the right. guests oh, nice. um, and and uh you know, we're in Spring Hill, so it's a short little drive down that that old museum, and the time was right. I went, I enjoyed, I came back. There was a few, hey mate, where have you been? Um, <laughs> just enough for me to not be offended that no one noticed I was gone. Four years studying oh, yes. maths at a sandstone university to wind up counting 
capsicums and tomatoes on placards at the Channel 10 studios. <laughs> We're going to need to mention it, that Lachlan actually does a little bit of work for a commercial... A, oh, ah, <laughs> <laughs> we don't like to say the C word around yeah, here. Oh. Actually, but to be frank, I was under the impression this was a community radio station. I thought we were all volunteers. We're all just doing this out of love of the community. But I actually did some searches Mm -hmm. on the ASIC records. (gasps) ASIC. And it turns out we actually are employees. Really? And we're meant to be getting paid. What? And the director of Fortunal Z is George Calambaris. (laughs) No! He needs to back pay four Triple Z employees all the way back to 1974. I hear that's $40 million. (laughs) No, (laughs) (laughs) $40,000. Anyway, so there's another scene from the cutting room floor. Absolutely. That hasn't made... So if you enjoyed this, think, oh my God, that wasn't even good enough to make the final show. (laughs) Yeah. So... Um, guys, when you're ready. Absolutely. Oh, sorry, when I'm ready. Okay. Uh, Are you ready? Uh, 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 ready. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, also, you seem to be dodging the question a little bit like uh, Barnaby Joyce's media advisor's baby bump. What <laughs> yeah. exactly is the cost of a ticket? Ah, uh, well, you know the cost of a ticket is. It's what you think it is. <laughs> it's, um, if you'd really like to know, it's uh, it's $20 if you are an L-Card member. So that's a member of the UQ Law Society. If not, it'll be $20 plus the $10 membership fee, $30 in total, and worth every single cent. Jackson, Rachel, Aaron, and Liam are primary school students at Morning Tea. I'll trade you my Lestac for that roll-up. Only if you give me your tiny teddies too. No, I want the tiny teddies. I'll give you my Gogurt. No way! Gogurt is yucky. Yeah, Gogurt sucks. Get your life together, Rachel. What do you have, Liam? Oh, nothing too cool. I'm also a kid, but I got a deep voice because I grew up smoking. Uh, <laughs> but I do have a popper. Oh, so what? Poppers are lame. Oh, it's not about the popper. It's what you do with it. What do you mean, Liam? You've never seen the popper trick? Never, ever. Wow, Rachel, I'm about to change your world. So you drink the popper. (laughs) Then you put the straw in and blow it full of air. (gasps) Then you put the popper on the ground and when you stamp on the popper, the air goes out and there's a big bang and you scare the (gasps) teachers. That's awesome. Are we going to get into trouble? Though I know it was us, we just got to do it and run. If you say so, Liam. Liam places the blown-up popper on the ground and raises his foot. The others cover their ears. One, two, three. Just as Liam's foot is about to go down, sirens go off. Hawkins and Dodger come on stage in full bomb squad gear. Both carry guns and bomb defusal kits. Hawkins speaks more speaks more into a radio and Dodger is on crowd control. We got an active situation in this in Andrews Catholic Primary School. Everybody stay still. No one moves, no one dies. I got visuals on the explosive. It's a popper. I repeat, a popper. We have a live popper here, people. I'm thinking golden golden circle. Possibly just juice. Over. We need everyone to evacuate the playground. That includes civilians on the monkey bars. Clear the area now. Dodger on evacuation of the schoolyard. Permission to enter the blast radius. Over. This is bad. I told you we were going to get into trouble, Liam. You poo-bum wee-head. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to be a poo-bum wee-head. I thought it would be funny. Oh. No, it hurts me to say this, but you truly are a dumb-dumb, Liam. Oh, I think it's me. Move out, move out. We have a live popper ready to go. Fucking blow. Move. Sorry if there's not really a loud language. <laughs> Just be that one. Okay. Uh... Thank you, General, entering the blast radius now. Hawken edges closer to the popper. On arrival, Hawken puts down gun and opens the kits. There are lots of wires and clamps and prongs around the popper. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. I was right. It's a just juice, and i never seen one with this much air in it. If this thing goes off, we're talking about a lot of deaf kids. Be careful, Hawkins. Always am. Jesus. Commencing defusing stage one. Remove air from the popper. Oh, not too quickly, Hawkins. This this bad, bad popper could go at any moment. <laughs> I'm self-censoring. Uh, <laughs> Hawkins slowly pushes down on the popper, wiping sweat away from her brow. Loud ticking sound effects. Hail Mary, full of grace. 
The Lord is with thee. What's the situation, Hawkins? There's too much air. I'm gonna have to cut it. You can't. It's too dangerous. I don't have a choice, Dodger. Hawkins pulls clippers from the kit. Which side? Which side to cut? Easy Jesus! I, I don't know what to do. Cut the top or the bottom. Oh, those little flappy bits. Christ almighty! Uh, Hawkins, before we left your wits up... Uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> Hawkins, before we left, your wife said something to me. Why did she say, Dodger? She said to promise me her man would be home for Thanksgiving. She said that? Thanksgiving, Hawker. D- dinner? Ah, just, it's, it's really good. Turkey, veg! My wife makes the best damn turkey you've ever tasted. Well, you bet she does. I don't know why we're talking about this. We should have read this script before we got to it. <laughs> don't make me break my promise now. Get us out of here alive. Get us home for Thanksgiving. I love you, baby. <laughs> I'm going to be home for Thanksgiving. I'm going to go for the straw. No! It's the only way i got to suck it up. You'll get cooties. That's a risk I'm going to have to take if I've got any damn chance of getting home for Thanksgiving. Hawking goes to suck the straw. Dodger springs to life and aims rifle at Aaron. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy shit, Hawkins. What? Uh, this goes deeper than we thought. I got a kid at the 12 o'clock with a go-gurt. You're kidding me. Affirmative, she's got the go-gurt. I think it's blueberry. Jesus, that's the worst one. Help! Hawkins, she's getting away. I haven't got a shot. Have you? Hawkins pulls rifle of back and aims. I got a shot. You gotta take it, Hawkins. If she squirts that gogurt, it could get on the other kids' uniforms. We need to take that action. But she's a kid. She's just a little kid. There's no time, Hawkins. No time for that. She's a kid in a playground. Take the shot. She... She could just be putting it in the bed. You can't take that chance, Hawkins. Think about Thanksgiving dinner for some reason. Take the goddamn shot. I... I... Now, Hawkins... Silence, except for a heartbeat. <clears throat> Hawkins breathes heavily. <clears throat> the multiple heartbeats. The gogurt. Hawkins fires. <clears throat> the gogurt explodes all over Aaron's uniform. No! Hawkins, it's this morning tea, buddy. This is morning tea, buddy. You can't blame yourself. It's all over her uniform. She's just a kid. Hawkins, Hawkins, don't do this. Hawkins tears and throws the gun on the ground. She looks at the popper. It's too late for me now. It's too late for all of us in this wretched quadrangle. Hawkins, no! Hawkins Hawkins stamps on the popper and it makes the loud bang. Ouch! That was quite loud. All right, everyone, off the class. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be watching, and who else will be watching? The Chinese Communist Party. (laughs) They are always watching at universities. Well, I hope they're buying their tickets. <laughs> Do you love the taste of asbestos in your mouth? Get yourself down into the Avalon Theatre. <laughs> I would say the Avalon Theatre is the equivalent of... There, there was this guy when I was growing up in Sydney, he lived across the road, and he retired. He, yeah. it, we, I don't know many people who've done this, but he freaking retired. At what age? Uh, he, I don't know how old he was. All I know is that he sat there on his veranda, yeah. and he just <laughs> sat. And sometimes I'd be playing soccer out in the street, and the ball would go in the yard, and I would always just pick it up. One day I, I thought I'd just ask him, you know, do you mind if I just come on your lawn to get the ball? And he said, and I quote, Well, you've never asked before! <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So that's, is that the, the human version of the Avalon Theatre? That's the human version. Yeah. Just yeah. sitting there. Yeah. Wasting away. Wasting retired. Away. Yeah. And sometimes yelling at kids. <laughs> As you drive by, often you can hear the ghost of the old performers <laughs> just yelling at drivers. <laughs> Um, But thank you so much for having us on and giving us a chance to promote this awful, awful, awesome show. Awesome. (laughs) This awful, awful show. I say awful (laughs) in the way that, like, cool, but you know, and like, I think in like the 70s, they're like, man, that's awful. Like, it's like really good. They're like, damn, like, that's. That's awful. That's yeah. What I mean. okay. Nice save. Yeah. Yeah. No, a little bit like edgy Melbourne bars. Yeah. It's like, hey, can I come in? No, it's awful. It's awful. And like, How'd you down. hear about this? Get out. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> We're closed. But deep down, it's like, that's cool. That's yeah, really cool. it's a really cool bar. Mm. Um, no, but thank you very much. Yeah, if you ever want to come on again, just call me and, oh, thank and, you, and leave a voicemail. <laughs> he used to work somewhere where there was a guy about his age who had the same name. First and last name. We'll call him Tony Robbins. So we'll say this man's name was Tony Robbins. Now there was another guy about his age when he was about, I don't know, 45, um, who was also named Tony Robbins. And now Tony Robbins, the, the, the Tony Robbins I don't know, um, had a wife. And this wife was doing a bit of deceiving. They were sort of... Um, 
at, at that stage of getting divorced where you're separated, right? So you don't really care what your wife is doing because you know she's not going to be your wife much longer and vice versa. But uh, his wife, as she was then called, um, had already taken up with uh, another another um, gentleman. And um, it was a gentleman who worked uh, for another guy. And the, the guy was his boss. So the boss calls Tony Robbins, the one that I know, when he was age 45, obviously not, not recently. So we'll say about, we'll say 10 years ago. Uh, Tony Robbins, who I don't know, and remember Tony Robbins is not his real name. Uh, Tony Robbins is the name of a motivational speaker who's speaking in Brisbane who's going to be paying me for promoting a show live on air in a really uh, convoluted story involving namesakes, um, pseudonyms, and of course, a giant plot twist and a conspiracy theory relating to 9-11. And um, so Tony Robbins, who I don't know, this is about 10 years ago, he gets a call. No, sorry. He is uh, He is at... He gets a call. No, sorry. He, that's the plot twist. He doesn't get a call. The Tony Robbins who I know, who did not have... Who was not the... He wasn't the Tony Robbins who had the wife who was doing a bit of deceiving, only it wasn't deceiving because they were in the midst of a separation. Um, and so he he didn't really, Tony Robbins, who I don't know, didn't really care what his wife was doing and vice versa. But I tell you who did care, it was uh, the guy who Tony Robbins, who I don't know his wife, was fooling around with. His boss was getting a bit agitated because this lady kept coming over to the workplace and uh, causing a bit of uh, a bit of a ruckus, you know, there was a bit of uh, uh, hot and steamy action going on in the workplace, and so he got wind that this lady was still the wife of this other guy, uh, Tony Robbins, who I don't know, who worked at the same place as Tony Robbins, who I do know, when he worked at this different other place about ten years ago, and so the guy, uh, the boss calls the wrong Tony Robbins and says, look, mate, your wife is off banging everyone in our office. You need to reel her in, mate. You need to tell her to settle down because it's distracting my workers. Productivity's dropped. And Tony Robbins, who I know, is sitting there going, hang on, wait a minute. My wife, she's she's deceiving me. She's off sleeping with everyone in your workplace. And he's going, yeah, mate, Tony Robbins, your wife off sleeping with everyone in my office and productivity is dropping, tell her to settle down. And all of a sudden he starts panicking and he calls his wife and he says, I was wrong, I haven't been paying enough attention to you, please, I'm sorry. And she goes, mate, what are you talking about? And um, and he goes, look, you, you're off deceiving me because I haven't been paying you enough attention, I haven't gotten you enough flowers. And she goes, no, I'm just at home doing the washing up. Uh, what's the issue? And it turned out that uh, the wrong Tony Robbins had been called and there was another Tony Robbins who, as I alluded to earlier, um, had uh, had, the, had the wife who he was separating from and uh, the wife was uh, doing a bit of... Uh, <clears throat> was getting a bit rambunctious in a particular workplace where there was a particular boss who wasn't particularly happy. Anyway, I was in college and sometimes there's a bit of a, a culture of whoever does the most uh, crazy, and by crazy I mean patently stupid thing, gets the most street cred. And um, when you add up your street cred at the end of the year and divide that by three, um, that's uh, on average how hot the girls um, you got with that year were. So there's a lot of, math, a lot of mathematics involved in uh, being... Uh, chauvinistic and drunkenly so basically i was walking home from a, a kebab shop and there was a chip on the road that had been run over and i ate that chip i don't think it was anyone else's idea but mine and as i lay on the grass dry wrenching writhing in pain i felt like there was an alien inside my stomach that um my stomach was like get out and the alien was like, no. Um, so I was just writhing in pain on the grass under a tree in the middle of the night. And there was no one there to comfort me. 
and I realized I'd gotten myself into this own mess of my own accord. And uh, it's an important lesson. The people who you even subconsciously might be trying to impress, you'll never um, impress them enough with those sort of things. Yeah, the only way to imp- truly impress someone is not with your own achievements or your own uh, boldness or audacity. It's by asking them, hey, tell me about your achievements. And then they'll talk about themselves for 45 minutes. You'll, you won't get a word in sideways. You'll be busting to go to the toilet. You'll have your hand up for 20 minutes to ask a question. Can I please go to the bathroom? After 45 minutes, they will cease telling you about the problems they had with getting re- respect from their father. And they will leave and they will say, you, my good man, are a wonderful conversationalist. And you'll think to yourself, I didn't say a goddamn word. Um, And I wet my trousers. And then you'll realize the sweetest sound that a person can hear is the sound of their own name coming from another's lips. And of course, um, in the famous case of Falau and the universe, um, we don't like crowdfunding at all. Um, So uh, Chris came to me in in the dead of night. He messaged me. Um, so he could have been naked for all I know he could have been naked in the shower with a very protective phone case messaging me saying look Harry just letting you know that Bugs are crowdfunding the next album it's uh, $45 Um, I really like Bugs he didn't say this but it was quite obvious what he was trying to do I was being used and worse than being sexually used I was being financially used now uh, Chris, and I can say this because Chris is at Splendor and there's no way he can be listening. And so if there's anyone that you, if you want to say something really nasty about someone who you know will be at Splendor in the Grass this weekend, just text it in. I'll read it out. It can be completely defamatory, but they won't hear it because they're too busy covering themselves in, in native Indian attire and uh, dressing like a hippie before they come back to home on Monday and say, Mom, where's my laptop charger? Give me the car keys. So uh, Chris was obviously, he, he loves bugs, all right? Our, our guy, Chris, he loves bugs. Now, he had no doubt paid his $45 towards this, uh, this very uh, worthwhile cause uh, to have this uh, album by Bugs crowdfunded. And um, he wanted me, the, the, the more people who put towards the crowdfund, the increased likelihood there would be of another Bugs album. So Chris, in a sense, was saying, look, you could win by getting this Bugs album, but if you win, we both win because then we get the album. Um, If you get the album, I get the album. There's something uh, very, there's an element of connectivity. In fact, it's almost sexual in nature how much Chris and I connected over this uh, financial proposal of buying in to Israel Folau's um, GoFundMe for the new Bugs album. I'd like to tell you a little story about my buddy Cameron. And like all great true stories, there is a massive conspiracy theory in there. It was around the time of the, the Champions League final. Yeah, that's that's a match that kicks off at quarter to five. Yeah, you shaft it out of the club in the valley and, and you go, where can I watch the game? And someone says, hey, we can just go home and watch it on SBS. Uh, sharp as attack, you reply, well, not enough elderly Chinese men there. So you go to the casino. Some music playing, there's some people dancing. And um, and meanwhile, two floors below you, someone's getting beaten up to a pulp because they were suspected of uh, counting cards. And worst of all, they're autistic. Um, no, none of that happens. I don't think there's any of that sort of stuff. It's a very family-friendly casino. And by family-friendly, I, of course, mean Everyone who's above the age of 18 can come in and spend all their money. You're all very much welcome. Um, Meanwhile, the kids are at home eating cereal for dinner. So our buddy Cameron, he has a few too many sherbets. He uh, misplaces his phone and uh, he gets someone, our our friend, uh, to call it. And it goes to voicemail again and again and again. He 
finds someone else's phone and he logs into find my iPhone and he realizes where it is. It is in Balimba and he has the exact address through this find my phone business, which is quite um, powerful knowledge if you're in the stalking game because what you can do is buy another iPhone, turn it on, make sure it's really well charged, going to last a few days, just stick it in someone's car or in their pocket when they're not noticing and then you can track them with this find my iPhone business. So he goes up to the boys and he says, look, someone has stolen my phone and this idiot doesn't know that I've got find my iPhone and I know where he lives. Now, you guys have to accompany me um, to get my phone back. Uh, Naturally, a group of boys, we need to go to Balimba and we need a shirt front. This bloke, potentially um, Seventh-day Adventist over there in Balimba, because we all know Seventh-day Adventists are terrible thieves. You think they're knocking on your door to, to share the good news. No, they've already stolen two garden gnomes. And they will be picking a few Agapanthers on their way out. The boys, they get into a maxi cab. They head, head on down to Balimba. Now, <clears throat> I'm there with my buddy Ben. I say to Ben, I can't believe those boys are going down a shirt from that fellow in, in Balimba and get back Cameron's phone. And Ben said, they're what? And he said, didn't you just see what just happened? Cameron, you know, he lost his phone and he's furious and he's gone down to Blimber to get it. And Ben said, um, mate, uh, Cameron came up to me not just about half an hour ago and said, I've lost my phone. So I called it. His his best friend from high school named Reese picked up, said, yeah, I just got it here at my place in Blimber, about to go to sleep. According to Ben, when Ben told him the news, he put both his fists in the sky and said, yes! And we laughed and we said, Cameron is so drunk that he forgot that half an hour earlier he had been told that his best friend from high school, Reese, always a bit awkward when someone refers to someone as my best friend from high school, implying, well, very much implying, all but saying explicitly out loud and emblazing on a T-shirt and celebrating a goal um, at Suncorp Stadium by lifting up your jersey and revealing a T-shirt that says underneath, you're my former best friend and something happened to make you not my best friend anymore. Um, That's essentially what you say when you put a little prefix for that best friend. Uh, My work best friend. Why aren't I your full best friend? So his high school best friend, Reese had it down there in Balimba. And so the boys, they they arrive in in the cab they're on the lawn. They call the phone. Get this. They can hear the phone ringing inside the house. So they knock on the door. And who opens the door? But if it isn't, his high school best friend, Reese. And the real kicker is Cameron had been to his house before and did not even recognize it when he was on the lawn because he was so drunk. Now, here's a conspiracy theory. Was he so drunk? Now, we laughed about this for two weeks before someone pointed this out. Hang on. Maybe he did still realize that his friend Reese had his phone, but he didn't want to pay for a whole cab to Balimba and back by himself, where if he could uh, round up a bunch of football hooligan friends to get in a cab under the guise that they might be shirt-fronting a man in Balimba about a stolen phone, and he would split the charge of going to Balimba and back amongst those people, or better yet, have a random guy uh, who you're not so close with sit in the front seat of the cab, you say, sorry, mate, got no cash, only got card. Can I buy you a beer when we're in there? And he says, quite rightly, but aren't we just going to a house to pick up a phone? To which you quite rightly reply, shut up. This person, this third party with the clear and open mind said, perhaps Cameron was not so drunk, but was actually so conniving and manipulative. And I said, well... Time to play a new Money War song. This is Life is Better in Dreams. Um, okay, interview in three, two. What a very special episode of a decanter of banter we have tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We are joined by one of my favourite female singers, Augie March. Female? Oh, sorry, he's, uh, mate, how are you? Um, we have Adam Donovan here from Augie March, one of the great, one of the great Australian bands of the modern era. You actually, you called me on a good day today because it's uh, Eka holiday up here in Queensland. We have a public holiday. All oh, right. Uh, yeah, I, I used to live in Queensland. I remember that. 
All right. Well, legally, you are entitled to take a public holiday today, sir. <laughs> yeah, well, I am. Heal the world. Let them know it's Echo Day. <laughs> um, okay. So, you are coming to Brisbane in the not-too-distant future, uh, Saturday. Yes. Yeah, this weekend. Right. Well, when are you leaving? You should, you should get here a bit early and have, uh, a, have a go at the, the pool down at Southbank. Well, we've got to go to Canberra and Sydney first, so we're leaving tomorrow. Um, yeah, it's a big weekend. All right. Yeah. So it's a bit of a stripped back uh, tour, this one. In fact, it's one of, I've never actually heard of this before. It's a, a lot of people do anniversary tours for particular albums, but it seems that you're doing a 10-year anniversary tour of a particular tour you did 10 years ago. Yeah, it sort of evolved. Um, 10 years ago, we were touring around America a lot and had to do a lot of uh, in-store radio live performances, and we all just brought along, you know, little acoustic instruments. And I uh, started to enjoy it. So when we got back to Australia, I thought, let's just travel around with this. And that, that was 10 years ago, and we thought, I think it's time to do it again. Yeah, so obviously the songs hold up because they're, they're very much exposed. They're, they're nude, as it were, when you do it acoustic. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I did a quick perusal of your Wikipedia page, which states that your first ever show was at a nudist exhibition. So has it been all downhill from there? <laughs> That's, that's, that's one reason why um, uh, journalists don't use Wikipedia as a resource. Anybody can chuck anything up there. Oh, it's a myth. Is it part of the, yeah. the Augie March folklore? Yeah, it must be. Yeah, it's the first I've heard of it. Oh, right. <laughs> Perhaps. They kept it quiet. Yeah. Um, so, famously, quite famously, Augie March uh, got the number one slot in the 2006 uh, Triple J Hollis 100. Um, are you a bit like Trump and... Uh, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, trying to trying to distance yourself from Triple J these days. Uh, not not at all. Um, I think uh, it just sort of uh, happens uh, naturally. But now that there's Double J, I think they they play us quite a lot. And I guess uh, yeah, I think uh, our audience has sort of grown up with yeah, they'd be in that that uh, that age bracket that Double J attracts. Yes. Yeah, but I, I, I personally can't ever see uh, a song as intelligent as One Crowded Hour ever, ever getting, ever being the most popular song amongst that demographic again. If you look at well, maybe we just hit the zeitgeist all those years ago. Yes, it, we, we, we did peak in 2006. Great World Cup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep, all, all downhill from there. Yep. Um, last time I had sex, it has all been downhill from there. Um, yes. Uh, I, I had a, a friend of mine fr- uh, from Sydney, he went on The Voice, and he did really well. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> re- I, I think was... somebody sang One Credit Hour on that show as well. Really? Oh, yeah. the, the royalties. You must have had a lovely seafood dinner that night. Well, we don't, we don't own the, the music, so you know, it makes no difference to us. But it did, I did notice it went, our, our song went into the charts the next day. Oh, wow. There, there are so many great songs in the in the Augie March catalogue. My personal favourite being Penny Whistle, but um, yeah, right. Uh, it, one crowded hour is is seems to be you know the gateway, the gateway Augie March drug as it were. It's the marijuana of Augie March songs. The next thing you're hitting the harder stuff, um, you know, in the back catalogue from the early days, and and then and then your parents have an intervention and they, you know they barge into yeah, your room and, yeah. and snap all your Augie March records. Um, so, yes. I mean, I have a housemate, for example, who's playing a bit of acoustic guitar, and he plays uh, One Crowded Hour every now and then. So could, could, could you just give him a little personal message today, live on the air, just something like, hey, Carl, can you stop eating my pasta? Hey, Carl, do you let me know if you need to know the chords? <laughs> yeah, no, hey, look, but let's, talk, let's talk about Penny Whistle. Now, that uh, it's great when you have a song <laughs> named after an instrument that's actually in it. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. It was always a bit hit and miss live because it's such a hard instrument to play. But uh, we have a lucky we have a very talented penny whistle player in the band with some big lungs to to get hear that over the the electric guitar and the drums. Yeah, that's the sound guy's problem, not ours. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. You know, we we just do what we do, and that he can uh, uh, adjust accordingly. That, that's why at the end of every show, there's that perfunctory turn to the, the sound guy and the lighting guys and a, uh, a little golf clap and uh, oh they do a great job yeah yeah well i, I agree especially because they're at the back they're, they're usually in the middle of the throng of people just getting pestered by drunk guys going turn it up 
More bass. <laughs> yeah, that can be annoying. I'm, I'm actually a sound guy, and though if people say that to me, I get it agitated. Right. <laughs> well, that's why you, sound guys always carry pepper spray. Yeah, yeah, that would be handy, actually. So after 2009, um, Augie March went on a bit of a hiatus, and all five members pursued solo careers in Muay Thai boxing. Um, yeah. Then you got back together. So what? What did you did you grow individually um, in that time, and then you, you've come back to combine your artistic powers after uh, like a like a nice like on a break, like Ross and Rachel on Friends. Yeah, we we we, we grew old actually, and um, uh, I, I took a bit of a sabbatical, which was which was nice and well needed. Um, that was a long time ago now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now it's just uh, full steam ahead. Yeah, I'm once going to get like today. Yeah. Well, a beautiful. Um, day, in, I want, we won't go into the finer details about the wind and the cold, but it's a beautiful day down in Melbourne. It's uh, cold, yeah. It's really cold. Well, the polar wind blew up from the, the Antarctic. It's, it was a funny time because we, we got a lot of um, Adani protesters here in Brisbane. They're holding up traffic. Yep. It's like, guys, we know the earth is ending, but can I just get to work on time? Everyone's pretty mad. Yep. And uh, they're they're wearing like three layers of clothing because it's so cold. So it's hard to it's hard to get the appropriate um, level of uh, what did Aristotle call it? Um, e- ethos and pathos. You know, when you're wearing three uh, layers yes. of clothing, complaining about climate change. Yes, yes, yeah. Anyway. Could be ironic, but yeah. <laughs> so are you, you're coming to the old museum on Saturday night. It's a beautiful venue. You're going to love it. Great. Yeah, I'm not sure if I've been there before, but I, I may have. It used yeah, to be I'll a museum. Yeah, right. I don't think I have been there. The children would come there, they'd learn, they'd play, they'd learn about the history of the earth and the history of Australia's indigenous peoples. And, and then uh, at some, someone at one point said, hey, this isn't making enough money, let's turn it into a casino um, and music venue. Oh, it's a casino? Uh, I'm not sure if there's actually a casino there, but uh, out the back you might find some, some pretty hard-hitting fellas playing a, bit of, playing a bit of dice. Yeah, okay. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's in Bowen Hills, but you know, you're a sound guy. You'll be carrying pepper spray anyway. Um, no, yep, I, yep. I, I saw Robert Forster there the other weekend. It was just tremendous. The the, sound, yeah. the, the reverberation. Oh, I've mixed Robert Forster. He was great. Yeah, you, you've met the man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I did sound for him once. You mixed? Well, yeah, me. But some people say like I, I read Paul Kelly's book and he toured with Prince. <laughs> oh no, maybe not. Maybe he was talking about someone who toured with Prince. And even though they were supporting Prince, the bouncers said. Hey, do not look Prince in the eye. You're not allowed. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we've had we had that with um, Leonard Cohen. Right. Nobody will be talking to Leonard Cohen. Do not approach Leonard Cohen. Do not look at Leonard Cohen. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I got in a, within a hundred meters of him. To be honest. Wow. Wow. Yeah. What a mysterious man. What do you reckon was the rationale behind that? Um, I know what happened. Um, we were on about the second or third show, and then on the first show, one of the sport members. Uh, talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, there was a rule. Do not talk to him any kind. Play Hallelujah again. Turn it up. More bass. <laughs> yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Augie Marge themselves coming to a great nudist exhibition near you and this Saturday yeah. to the Old Museum. Thank you very much for joining me here tonight, mate. You're, you're a good man. Thank you for having me. Yep. Yeah, all right, great. All right, see you there. See you, Adam. Bye. But as as they say about breakups at university, there's two degrees of separation. Um, <laughs> and uh, so the the the, dr- the drummer from your band, Steel Syndicate, yes, um, is Jordan Brunelli. is of course the bassist for Bugs. Yeah. So um, what a talented young man he is. Multi instrumentalist. Just in, in between that, you got to practice. You got stuff like that. You know, sometimes. But That's true. if you really love it, I reckon you can find the time. You think yeah. that's why more, more and more people are turning to jazz because you just make it up as you go along? Oh, right. Mm. Maybe, maybe. Are there a lot of people turning to jazz? People are turning to jazz. Absolutely. It's, it's got a resurgence. Every six seconds, someone turns to jazz. Click with me. Six, five, four, three, two. Oh, <laughs> you counted very quickly then. <laughs> there, there that was very <laughs> jazz counting. Yeah. <laughs> six, five, <laughs> one. Yeah. I remember very fondly in, in high school, we, there was a chapel... Said we had to go in the morning mm. chapel, and uh, this guy came in and talked about poverty. And he oh, said, close. Every six seconds, an African dies of starvation. And he's like, Click with me. And everyone started clicking. And then he moved on, and then he moved on to the next point. And the whole, the whole crowd of like 1,000 boys was still going. <laughs> and he's like, Okay, that'll do. And we kept going. 
<laughs> and so we did the classic um, uh, privileged white male thing and uh, and found light in, in a situation of uh, poor people starving <laughs> to death. Um, uh, but yeah, so what were you saying before we started making jokes about people dying of starvation? Uh, what we talk- we're talking about the band. We're talking about you know finding a balance yes, between yes. all the different things that we do in our lives. Because um, yeah. goddamn it, Lachlan, Steel Syndicate is one of the greatest bands I've ever seen live. Oh, thank I've you. Seen every single show that A I was able to attend, mm-hmm. B um, heard about, and C felt like <laughs> going to. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be building up some more steam for maybe a uh, maybe, and you're hearing it first here. Wow, maybe some more content coming your way. So oh, you hit. So the hints at a new single, perhaps. Well, I'm not saying could anything. Be, could be content, a new I'm album. Saying, I'm saying content. So Content. whatever, whatever. It could be a novella. It could, could be, be a series novella. of poems. That's right. We've written a bunch of short stories for kids. The Steel Syndicate writes <laughs> short stories. <laughs> well, you, you have a show at Miami Marquetta on the 7th of yes, September. Don't I, forget about that. Absolutely. Oh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I leave the country the day after, actually. Okay. Um, and Miami Marquetta. What crime did you commit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm getting deported. Yeah. <laughs> hang out with Julian Assange. Yes. Um, <laughs> but Miami Marquetta is actually very close to where I live, pretty much, my like, Gold Coast okay. family home. It's a great venue so i should be promoting uq law review but also come down to the miami marketer on the on the 7th of september it's like eat street but better and i'm gonna say that. yeah awesome i so we're we are stoning two adulterers with the one rock yeah. this evening <laughs> um